You are about to enter the world of humble hauntings, but first, a message from our friends at Happy Horror Time. Hey Tim, do you like horror movies? Why yes I do, Matt. You want to hear two ridiculous horror fanatics discuss all the scary movies that just came out? Wait, you must be talking about our podcast, Happy Horror Time. You bet your ass I am. Oh, clean it up, Matt. No, see, that's the best part. On Happy Horror Time, you get uncensored and unpolished reviews of all things horror. We find all the latest releases, we watch them, and then discuss them in our real talk kind of style. A.K.A. We're crazy! Uh, That too. And don't forget, we also interview classic horror stars and insiders asking them all the questions you've always wanted to know but were afraid to ask. <laughs> like when Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp told us how they found her stand-in for that big reveal at the end. Yep, you gotta listen to find out. Check out Happy Horror Time, a podcast for horror lovers. Or anyone who just wants to have a good time. Because anyone can have a happy horror time. And now... For today's story. Isn't this grand? Welcome to the Cemetery of Never Was. Well, of course it's a real place. You're standing right in it. It's right in the name. Never Was. This is a dimension that honors lost souls who were never laid to rest or given a proper burial. Some were never found, some met tragic ends, and some had no one to care for them. Well, of course that's not the part that's supposed to be relaxing, silly cat. I'm not that macabre. Actually, there was a time humans loved big, sprawling cemeteries such as this. The architecture, the gardens, the old trees stretching out their limbs to the sky. They were beautiful places that bridged the gap between the dead and the living. Those two worlds aren't as far apart as people think, you know? Just listen. I have this little book I keep on me that is perfect for this occasion. What do you say, Captain? Barnaby, a little exercise, a lot of fresh air, and some light reading. Perfect. This one is called Grave Truths. Let us begin. Cemeteries, the final resting place of many, is where the living may visit and honor dead loved ones. Cemetery comes from the ancient Greek word goemeterium, which translates to sleeping place or sleeping chamber. It was originally used for the Roman catacombs, but went on to describe these vast open burial grounds under the sky. While some view these places as somber or even frightening, 
There was a time in human history where cemeteries brought the dead and the living closer together in a way that was neither unsettling or macabre. The Victorian era had a fascination and close relationship with death. This relationship could be seen in the literature of the time, their mourning practices, and the collecting of memento mori, an object that often immortalized deceased loved ones while reminding the owner of the object of their own mortality. These items could be things such as jewelry, locks of hair, photographs of the deceased, or memorial cards. Momentum mori, after all, translates to remember, you will die. But this fascination with death didn't come out of nowhere. In the 19th century, medicine and efficient medical practices were still lacking. Disease such as yellow fever and cholera were ravaging communities. Women were dying in childbirth at high rates, and the child mortality rate was not much better. The global child mortality rate in 1800, for example, was at 43.3%. Nearly half of the children born during this period died before seeing the age of five. And these numbers wouldn't drop significantly until the early 1900s, as science and medicine progressed. You see, death was a huge part of Victorian culture. It was a harsh reality that they dealt with much closer than most of us do now. So, it's no surprise that strolls or even picnics in cemeteries became a common occurrence. Not everyone was comfortable relaxing amongst the dead. Many folks from older generations viewed it as a gruesome practice, but that didn't stop those who wished to do so from breaking bread with the dead. Cemetery picnics were a way of spending time with lost loves, children, friends, and family members. It was a way of being close to lost loved ones during a time where so many people lost the ones they cared about the most. It wasn't seen as somber and saddening, but rather a way to bring people together, both living and dead. United once more and surrounded by trees, flowers, and angelic sculptures that watched over those who rested beneath the earth. It was a place of togetherness. But as it is with all things, there is another side to cemeteries. For not all those residents of these burial grounds can rest in peace. And there's more than mourners walking around the sprawling green trails. Some cemeteries are just downright haunted. Cemeteries and graveyards have influenced countless works of art and even literature. Look at St. Mary's, for example. St. Mary's Churchyard in Whitby, England is rich with literary history and it's not hard to see why. Tombstones dating back to the Middle Ages fill this graveyard. With its seaside setting and ancient graves, this location served as the perfect inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula, along with the surrounding community. But not only that, it's said that two nursery rhyme characters were buried here. One, a child-sized grave marked with the name Tom Thumb, and a peculiar egg-shaped tomb for Humpty Dumpty. These places where the dead rest have a way of sparking the darkest parts of the imagination. And the encounters with spirits and other supernatural creatures only fuel this. In Lafayette, Colorado, we have the legend of the Vampire Grave of Lafayette Cemetery. 
The grave in question was a modest one, belonging to a modest man. Theodore Fodor Glava was a Transylvanian immigrant who came to the U.S. for the same reason many others did, to make a better life for himself. From what we know, however, he spent his years in the States as a poor coal miner until he passed away during the 1918 flu epidemic. Buried in the poorer section of the cemetery, Glavis' hastily made tombstone has his name, the date of his death, and his birthplace, Transylvania. It was his birthplace in particular that caught people's attention when they passed by his grave. You see, in life... Glava was a very pale, very lanky, and quite tall man. His appearance, along with his place of origin, sparked rumors that he was a vampire. When one thinks of Transylvania, Vlad the Impaler, the character he inspired Dracula, and all things vampire come to mind. So for the Lafayette locals, this made perfect sense. They even went as far as to dig up his grave in order to prove that the stories were true. It is said that when they opened his coffin, they found that his nails had grown sharper, his teeth had grown larger, and blood was visible around his mouth. So, to be certain of their safety and the safety of others, they drove a stake into Glava's heart and reburied him. Now, a tree said to be unlike any other in the cemetery grows over his grave plot. Legend says it grew from the stake lodged in Glava's heart, and the nearby rose bushes sprouted from the dead man's fingernails. And the tale of the Lafayette vampire lives on even today, as some still spot a strange figure walking in the cemetery at night that they are certain is none other than the undead Glava himself. But whether the legend of this vampire is true or simply a local myth remains a mystery. Even so, Glava is far from the only cemetery-dwelling vampire. Highgate Cemetery is said to be one of the most haunted locations in London, England. You see, in the early 1800s, proper burial and disposal of corpses was pretty much non-existent. Bodies were thrown into shallow graves and doused with lime. Some graves were crammed between homes, shops, and local pubs. Remember, both hygiene and proper medical treatment were still lacking during this time period. Over a million people lived in London at the beginning of 1800. The population would continue to increase drastically over the years despite the high death rate. With disease already taking its toll on the citizens of London, the lack of proper burial efforts meant the smell was horrendous, and the rotting corpses only added to the spread of diseases. That's when Parliament stepped in and ordered the construction of seven private cemeteries to be built in the countryside surrounding London. These cemeteries became known as the Magnificent Seven, and in 1839, Highgate, the third of these cemeteries, was constructed. It was the who's who of cemeteries, and everyone in high society wanted to call it their final resting place. It was so popular, in fact, that Highgate quickly filled up and 20 more acres of land were purchased to expand the grounds in 1854. Though a wonderful change from the shallow city burials of London, Highgate still experienced a few hiccups along the way, such as exploding coffins. Yep. 
That's right, exploding coffins. Highgate Cemetery offered above-ground burials for those who wished it. But because of regulations at the time, these above-ground tombs had to be encased in lead to prevent leakage. But after the bodies started to decompose and the gases began to build up in the sealed tombs, it caused some coffins to explode. This was later remedied by drilling a hole in the coffins and inserting a small pipe inside while using a lit match to burn the gases away. At the time, this was seen as more hygienic, but after a while, this practice was abolished. Despite this dilemma, the cemetery remained a popular resting place for many more years. But Highgate's high status did not last. At the turn of the 20th century, Highgate's upkeep was more than anyone could manage. World War I brought a huge deficit to the Highgate staff, and by the end of World War II, the cemetery was pretty much abandoned. Now an overgrown and crumbling shadow of what was once a flourishing haven for the dead, Highgate closed its gates in 1960. Now closed off from the public, the cemetery was used by film studios in order to shoot scenes for horror movies. This is when the tale of the Highgate Vampire came to be. Rumors and local tales began to pop up concerning Highgate Cemetery. Some said they spotted demons through the fence who watched them with red glowing eyes as they passed by. Others claimed that ghoulish creatures stalked the grounds of Highgate, while the most prominent rumor was that satanic cult members dressed in black robes began to meet in the cemetery by night. It was these cult members who were said to have a hand in calling forth the Highgate Vampire. And who was this vampire exactly? From what we know, he was a nobleman and magician who lived in medieval Romania, where he practiced dark magic. When he passed away, his coffin was transported from Romania to England during the 18th century for unknown reasons, and eventually he was buried in Highgate Cemetery. That's where his story would have ended. But, if the local legends are true, the satanic cult members used his grave for a ceremony that brought back the magician as an undead creature. The Highgate Vampire is said to be a towering figure who roams the cemetery after sunset. If you feel a sudden rush of cold, or if your watch suddenly and mysteriously stops working, the vampire is said to be near. He is often blamed for the deaths of local animals on the cemetery grounds, such as foxes, and rumors tell of his hypnotizing stare that chills his victims to the very bone. But he isn't alone in Highgate. A spectral cyclist, the floating head of a nun, and even a few wailing banshees are said to call Highgate home. Hello, MJ McAdams here. Today's tales will continue after a brief message from our sponsors. So stick around. More haunts are waiting for you just around the corner. When speaking of haunted or eerie cemeteries and graveyards, one simply must mention Greyfriars Kirkyard. 
Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh, Scotland is one of the most frightening and violently haunted graveyards in the world. The majority of these hauntings are said to be caused by the spirit of a judge named George Mackenzie, or as he was known in life, Bloody Mackenzie. In the 1670s, it was Mackenzie who oversaw the trial of the Presbyterian Covenanters. This religious group had petitioned the king in order to be able to practice their religion without persecution or interference of any kind. In turn, their efforts were put to an end and Bloody Mackenzie imprisoned nearly 1,200 Covenanters while they awaited trial. Some of these prisoners were held within the graveyard walls. Mackenzie was brutal in his treatment of the Covenanter prisoners, who he forced to spend four months outside leading up to the trial with no shelter and only permitted them four ounces of bread each day. Those who weren't executed died of exposure and malnourishment. Ironically, when George Mackenzie died, he was buried in what is known as the Black Mausoleum in Greyfriars, just around the corner from the Covenanter's prison. And if the stories can be believed, his cruelty didn't stop after death. In 1999, a homeless man seeking shelter broke into the Black Mausoleum. While breaking into a casket, he took a step backwards only to fall into a pit filled with the rotting corpses of plague victims from centuries earlier. The man was reported to have gotten out and ran from the mausoleum screaming. But the damage had already been done, and it was said that by opening the black mausoleum, the homeless man had unknowingly unleashed a terrible evil, the immortal wrath of Bloody Mackenzie. That is when the attacks began. Visitors to Greyfriars began to report a wide variety of injuries they mysteriously obtained while near the Black Mausoleum and the Covenanter's prison. These included scratches, bite marks, large bruises, and even burns. The attacks got so bad that an exorcism was performed on two different occasions, both failing. The second exorcist who attempted to cleanse the area of evil mysteriously died of heart failure just a week later. Eventually, the city of Edinburgh was forced to close off the Covenanter's prison of Greyfriars Kirkyard to the general public, instead allowing only private controlled tours into that section of the graveyard. Anyone is welcome to sign up and join one of these tours to see the Covenanter's prison for themselves, but they do so at their own peril. For the poltergeist of bloody George Mackenzie waits within its walls, causing both physical and mental harm to those who cross his path. Wasn't that a lovely stroll? Good to be back in Arcane, though. Home sweet home. Yes, a cemetery walk always does the trick for me. What's that? You remembered something. You recognized a name back there? I'm so sorry, was it someone you were close to? Someone who worked at a hotel? A hotel clerk? Huh, that's... odd. A letter? From whom? Oh dear. Barnaby, tell me, 
What is the calendar date for Realm 365? I was afraid so. Captain, I'm afraid I'm going to need you to hang on to that name you found for just a bit. We are going to have company. I have a guest coming. It's a tradition. We have tea every 200 years, you see. And all the chaos lately, I must have forgotten. Absolutely not. You never reject a meeting with the fair folk. That's how humans like you get in trouble in the first place. Fair folk? You know, um, I believe your kind know them as fairies. But enough questions for now. I'll get the tea started. Queen Mab will be here soon. Thank you for joining us today at Humble Hauntings. If you enjoyed today's tale, then feel free to leave a review and subscribe to our show. Don't forget to share with friends and family as well, because after all, when it comes to exploring the unknown, the more, the scarier. And remember, my spookables, home is where the haunt is. <laughs>